Maison de Valour, makers of the finest French-style wines in California, are proud to present the Q Footsteps Audio Workshop. Maison de Valour, American wines with the exquisite taste of a Parisian adventure. Treat your guests to a European getaway while staying at home with Maison de Valour. Good evening. I am your host, Mr. Stygian. Welcome to this week's episode, One of Us is Not Like the Others. Who is that one and what makes them different? A juicy question with an even juicier answer. Our story begins in a car. Lawrence Jeffers, a man of above-average intelligence and below-average patience, is on his way to an important conference in Northern California, a symposium on the universe. His wife, Alice, accompanies him. What should have been a pleasant drive up the coast has been hampered by a steady downpour that started shortly after they left Los Angeles. The journey is about to take an unexpected and unusual detour. Yeah, it's going to be midnight before we get there at this rate. We'll miss all of the opening speeches and the cocktail party, and I was depending on meeting the three top scientists from Engstrom Laboratories. They'll still be there tomorrow, and I'm sure there will be time at the luncheon to hobnob. Isn't that what the luncheon is for? Isn't that what the whole weekend is for, come to think of it? Uh, the weekend is for the brightest and best in the world of astronomy to discuss all of the important findings of the year, Alice. I've told you that a thousand times. I, I, I don't understand why you wanted to come. It's going to be nothing but boring for you. Oh, it won't be boring, not at all. I love it when you talk about the stars and the universe and all of the possibilities out there. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Uh, oh, Alice. Ah! 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 Oh, it's, it's okay, Alice. It's, it's okay. It's not okay. We almost drove off the cliff, and now it's raining harder. We need to get off this road until it stops. Oh, no. I need to get to that symposium, and nothing is going to prevent me. Nothing is more important than our lives, Lawrence Jeffers. If we're having a hard time getting there, then the others are too, and the whole thing might be postponed or even canceled. As the ocean is so close, there must be a hotel around here, and where there's a hotel, there's bound to be a telephone you can use to call and find out if we're risking our lives in vain. But... Oh, fine. The only reason I'm going along with you is that I can see the road is underwater ways up. We just passed a summer lodge. Maybe the owner lives there year-round. Until April. We just need a place to get out of the rain for an hour or so. It's too dangerous to drive. We almost fell off the cliff. Please, sir. We're really sorry to bother you, but we don't have another option. Very well. Please leave your wet things by the door. Oh, well, thank you very much. I, I, I hate to trouble you further, but 
Do you have a phone I could use? I'll pay for the call, of course. I have a phone, but it's out of service because of the weather. Might come back on soon. Might not. Swell. Just swell. Laura's sweetheart, calm yourself. Fate has dictated that the phone is out, and fate always has a reason. Fate, there is no fate, just scientific fact. I agree with you about that. Oh, are, are you a man of science? An interested party. I am Frank Smith. I'm Dr. Lawrence Jeffers, and, and this is my wife, Alice. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Smith. This is a lovely hotel. Did it come down through your family? No. I built it recently and made it look old. People around here like the old things. I'll get you some coffee. Well, isn't he an odd duck? Still, this is a lovely place with all of the rattan furniture and shells on the tables and things. There's a... I don't know how to describe it. Homey feeling, I guess. Well, don't get too attached. We're leaving the instant it's safe to. I, I, I'm sure you'll like the San Jose Inn just as much. Here's the coffee. Goodness, that was fast. Were you anticipating guests? No. I always have a pot of coffee ready. I like coffee. Oh, more refugees from the storm, I suppose. Uh, sorry to trouble you. We know you're closed for the season, but would you mind letting us come in for a while? The road ahead is completely underwater. We don't think the road back is any better. As I have already permitted a couple to stay, yes, but only until it's safe to drive again. I'm not prepared for long-term guests. Uh, completely understood. Um, thanks so much. Please. Leave your wet things by the door. Whew. Thanks for taking us in. Much appreciated. Yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. Please, follow me. The others are in the... the lobby. And so is the coffee. Hello there. We got washed out, too. Have you been here long? No, we've only been here a few minutes. I'm Dr. Lawrence Jeffers, and, and this is my wife, Alice. Pleased to meet you all. Yeah, you too, though I wish it was in better circumstances. We were really hoping to get to San Jose before dark. We're on the way to San Jose ourselves, funnily enough. Are you going for work or pleasure? Work. There is a symposium regarding astronomy we're attending. We all work for a laboratory in Los Angeles. You're heading to the symposium as well? What laboratory are you from? Engstrom. We're all in the astrophysics department. I'm Paul Gleason, and these are my associates, Steve Jacobs and Betty Peters. Well, you, you don't say. I was hoping to meet you very three this evening at the cocktail party. I'm a researcher and professor at the Pasadena Institute of Science and Space. Well, what do you know about that? That is a coincidence, all of us eggheads taking refuge in the same place. It is truly fortuitous. The star talk is all far over my head, Betty, but I find it fascinating. How about you? Seeing as I have a Ph.D. in the field, I find it fascinating as well. You, you do? But you're... <gasps> oh, my. Since we're all here, would you mind terribly if I picked your brains? I have a lot of questions, especially for you, Dr. Gleason. 
I understand you're the foremost authority on extraterrestrial life forms. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, no need for titles here. You can call me Paul. I don't really consider myself an authority on extraterrestrial life forms, as there is no evidence of any existing. I just research the possibility. Um, no hard evidence, I agree, but surely you must admit, as I have, that it's more than a possibility that there's intelligent life out there. It's a probability. Well, yes, I do concur with that theory. More and more star systems are discovered every day. The idea that we are the only humanoids in the entire universe is ludicrous. However... However, intelligent life outside of Earth could also be in a form unrecognizable to us. We have found no proof of either type of existence. It is all pure conjecture at this point. Y your name sounded familiar to me, Dr. Jeffers, and now I remember why. You're the author of that monograph, Do We Have Cousins on Mars, Aren't You? Why, yes, I am. I read that. You have some very interesting theories. It's almost as if they're actually fact being presented as mere ideas. Well, I think of them as yet unproven facts rather than mere hypotheses. I'm certain someday I will have the evidence I need to back them up. Now, I, I heard you tell my wife you hold a PhD, Dr. Peters. May I ask in what field? Astronomy. I'm currently working on a design for a new telescope. It's top secret, of course, but I can say with confidence that it'll allow us to see farther than we've ever been able to see. I have just listened to the latest weather report for the area. <gasps> Goodness! I didn't see you leave or come back! The news must be bad, judging from the look on your face. The rain is not expected to cease until later tonight, and the state police have put a block on the road two miles north. Considering the circumstances, I will allow all of you to stay. The rooms may be a bit dusty, but they're otherwise clean. As for food, I don't have much in my larder at And this that's where my expertise comes in. I may not know a thing about stars other than they're up in the sky, but nobody beats me when it comes to creating meals from nothing. Lead me to your kitchen. Ooh, I'll go with you. I'm pretty good with a saucepan myself. Oh, very well. This way. Is Jacobs also an astronomer? Dr. Jacobs specializes in the geology of planets and other items in the universe. He has a large collection of meteorite fragments he studies in the lab. He will be very interested in this specimen of yours, Mr. Smith. Say, that is a meteorite fragment on the coffee table. And a very large one at that. Where did you get that, Smith? I found it on the property. And the government let you keep it? <laughs> I'm surprised. The government doesn't know about it. I was not aware I was supposed to report it. There is no requirement to report meteorites, and no laws against owning them. However, most people do make inquiries when one has been discovered. If you had brought that specimen to be identified, the size and peculiar coloring would have sparked much interest. It is an odd color, isn't it? It looks black at first, but it's really a very dark green, and not the satin-like surface I usually see. Oh, 
it's incredibly heavy too must be at least 30 pounds and it's less than nine inches square must be mostly iron no oh, it's beautiful say is that is that a fleck of yellow there in that crevice of the jagged edge i don't uh oh i see it now Earth was that? Maybe it was a mudslide? Mudslides do not emit harmonic tones. Lawrence, what was that sound? It was so eerie. I don't know any more than you do, Alice. It was unlike anything I've ever heard. <laughs> a coyote with talent, maybe? I uh, still think it was a mudslide. One is bound to happen with all that rain. I will go look. Please, remain here. It might have been a mudslide. Might have been a car accident. Might have been neither. I've never heard a mudslide wail like that. And before you ask, yes, I witnessed mudslides. Car accidents, too. Alternate theory? I don't have one. Yet. More research is required. Hey, uh, where'd you get that meteorite? It belongs to our host. He said he found it on the property. You don't say. Let me take a look. Oh, it's heavier than it looks. Any clues as to its composition? Iron for sure, and nickel. That's odd. <laughs> There's no Widmanstatten pattern. None at all? What's a Widmanstatten pattern? Oh, Alice. It's okay. Uh, I'm happy she's interested. Uh, the Widmanstatten pattern is a series of lines of nickel and iron found inside a meteorite. They tell us how old the meteorite is. Uh, weak acid is used to bring them out, but you can usually tell they're there without it. There should be some, at least on the edges, but <laughs> there's nothing. The surface is unusually smooth as well, even glassy. There was no mudslide in this area. I checked the cliff and the ground behind the house. It might have been a, a big wave. They can be very loud. You are the quietest walker I've ever met. And you're not even wearing sneakers. That was no wave, though. So what was that noise, then? We all heard it, so it wasn't a figment of someone's imagination. <laughs> now, what on earth could be humorous at this moment, Alice? Oh, just a thought. One you'll call crazy, so I won't share it. Oh, please do share it. I've often found the thoughts of the non-scientific hold very interesting ideas. I was just thinking... Seeing as all of the talk here has been about aliens, what if that meteorite was actually part of a spaceship? Or maybe even a planet that exploded? If one of us was actually an alien from that ship or planet, that meteorite could have reacted to that alien. Alice, that is the most ridiculous, cockamamie idea. I that... don't agree. Far-fetched, maybe, but not ridiculous. You mean to say that you think someone in this room is not from... Earth? <laughs> I mean to say that it's not impossible. We've established that all of us in this room believe there is life on other planets. Dr. Peters said that they don't necessarily have to look like us. While that's true, we also have to believe, as we have no data to the contrary, that there is a better than even chance that they do sound and look like us and an even greater chance that they are more advanced and have developed a method to travel in space. 
Therefore, in theory, an alien could be walking among us. I'm with you, Paul. We are on the youngest edge of the universe, after all. The odds would be about the same as getting struck by lightning twice, of course, but it's fun to think about. So one of us is an alien! <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. Neither did Paul. All we said is that there was a possibility of an alien being on Earth. We have to think that way. After all, that's what our work is all about. Right, Jeffers? Absolutely. The chance of an extraterrestrial life form standing in this room right now is ludicrous, however. If they were, we would surely be able to tell. Possibly. And possibly not. Oh, jeez, dinner! I'd better get back to it before everything burns. Dr. Jacobs, will you join me again? Yeah, it's Steve, and I'll be happy to. Let me put this beautiful piece of space down first. Uh, why don't we all go help? At the very least, we can set the table. There is a small private dining area off the kitchen I would prefer we use, if that's all right. Uh, of course, Mr. Smith, we are at your mercy. second occurrence. No one is near the meteorite now, however. That was definitely not a wave. Have those sounds ever happened before, Mr. Smith? I cannot say that they have. Can you say they have not? No, I can't say that either. I'm often quite busy. I don't pay attention to every sound, and as we have many earthquakes here, I've become immune for lack of a better word, to the ground shaking. Earthquakes, of course. There's a major fault line near here. When I was in grad school, I was part of a team that studied it. So that's what you think we heard and felt? No, I wish I could say yes, so we can forget this whole thing, but they were not earthquake tremors. Not like any I've ever experienced anyway. Then maybe my wife is right. Maybe one of you is an extraterrestrial. One of us? Why could it not be you? Or Mrs. Jeffers? Your fanaticism with alien life could be a diversion for the fact that you are what you claim to be interested in. Me? <laughs> That's outrageous. I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and I have the birth certificate to prove it. Not to mention family members. Now, Alice is from Burbank. Of that, I'm absolutely certain. <laughs> Very idea. Calm down, Jeffers. All of us could show papers and family members, and all of us could be faking every one of those supposed bits of proof. Would fake birth certificates make us aliens? No. As much as I would like to meet an alien, the chance of that happening is beyond improbable. And you know it. You said so. Whatever we've been experiencing is man-made, or at least Earth-made. I agree. It's possible power lines have come down, or there's been a crash we can't see from here. With the high cliffs in front of the lodge, the mountains behind it, and the ocean below, well, this is a very remote, even desolate place, and many things happen in nature here that would not occur elsewhere. I suppose that's possible, but I'm not convinced. I maintain something odd, possibly even bizarre, is happening. 
What's all the yelling about now? Just a case of jangled nerves. There was another rumble. I know, we felt it. Uh, just how safe is this place, Smith? Uh, there's no chance of oh, the building dropping into the ocean, is there? No. The foundation is on bedrock and has been secured to it. I certainly hope you're right about that. Well, I never. I've been slaving over a hot stove to make a decent meal for everyone, and you're just standing around talking instead of setting the table. Oh, my apologies, Mrs. Jeffers. Please, finish setting the table, and I will take on the task of serving. Everything needed to set the table is in the cabinet. Over there. Thank you, Mr. Smith, but I'd prefer to dish out the meal I've made myself. I welcome your help, though. Yeah, you heard the man. Let's go, Paul, Betty, Dr. Jeffers. Interesting. There are several books in this cabinet on the topic of astronomy. Astrophysics as well. He did say he was an interested party when it came to space. This collection indicates more than a simple interest, though. Now, that one on the end is a very rare book about alleged visitations in ancient Egypt and South America. I've been looking for a copy for myself for ages. Hey, if I wasn't a scientist, but I lived in a place like this, I'd be interested in the sky, too. The Milky Way must be practically blinding on a clear night. <laughs> I may come back next summer and do some stargazing. You are far too cheerful, considering the situation we're in, Dr. Jacobs, and too passe about what could be a valuable clue. A valuable clue to what? This is starting to sound like a witch hunt, Jeffers. There's a storm. We got caught in it. We heard a couple of odd noises, which could be anything from a rogue wave to an avalanche. There has been nothing presented to conclude that something sinister is going on. You're just stirring up trouble, and you need to stop. Now. Well, of, of all the nasty, insulting... I, I agree with Paul. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Keep it up, and we may just have to show you how unscientist we can be. Uh, you've already shown it. As fellow extraterrestrial researchers, you should be in total agreement with me. That you aren't says to me that either you don't really care, or you're hiding something... Maybe even plans for an invasion. If you're going to insist on spewing ridiculous theories, then I will as well, Dr. Jeffers. Perhaps, to paraphrase Shakespeare, you protest too much in order to cover your true identity. One idea has as much merit as the other. I don't know what you're insinuating, Dr. Peters, but rest assured my husband is exactly what you see. For better or for worse. Here's dinner. Everyone, please sit and eat. I'm afraid it's only a smorgasbord of canned items, but I gussied them up as best as I could. You too, Lawrence. Oh, very well, Alice. This conversation is not over, doctors. Just momentarily paused. <laughs> Well, well, <laughs> what you can do with canned potatoes. These are restaurant quality. If I hadn't seen the can, I would have thought they were fresh. I concur. I'm also enjoying this casserole of beans and peas, and, um, what exactly is this meat? Spam. Ah, 
I thought as much. Leftover Army and Navy rations were the mainstays of our diet when I worked for the observatory in Hawaii. I learned to like them. You have made them actually palatable. Well, thank you, Dr. Peters. It's amazing what a little pepper and dried herbs can do, isn't it? I suppose to you scientists that they're just a bunch of chemical compounds, the same way the twinkling lights in the heavens are just dust and gas. To me, spices are tools to create art, and stars are art that God created. It's all art to me. I believe you may be right about all of it. Rain and meteorites and odd sounds. Oh, my. Will they ever get to their symposium? Maybe our intrepid scientists should wish on a star. We will find out if their journey is completed after a brief message from our sponsor. The best steak is a rare one. And the best accompaniment to that steak is a wine that matches it in both quality and scarcity. Maison de Valour Beaujolais is the perfect match. Made with genuine Gamay grapes grown in California, Maison de Velour Beaujolais is full-bodied and aromatic, full of flavor but light enough to let the flavors of your meal shine through. Try Maison de Velour Beaujolais today. Our flock of scientists have managed to finish their meal and retire to their rooms without erupting into another argument. There hasn't been another of those odd tremors, either. The idea of alien wolves in the fold seems to have been put to rest. Or has it? <laughs> a Martian in our midst. And he calls himself a scientist. How could a real scientist suggest such a thing? All real scientists should suggest things like that, Steve. It's how we discover. It's insisting something is true without evidence is the issue with Dr. Jeffers. Yeah, you're right. He wants so badly to be right that he'll latch onto anything odd as proof of his theory. Speaking of odd, what did you think of that meteorite? Ooh, you mean this meteorite? Steve! Don't worry, I'm not stealing it. I just wanted to take a closer look without Mr. Alien breathing down my neck. It uh, is an unusual one. I can actually see a reflection in the glossy side. It's remarkably resilient, though. I tried to scratch it with the diamond in my class ring, and nothing happened. What do you think? I think it's the oddest meteorite I've ever seen. Jeffers thought he saw a flash of yellow. Do you see it? Uh, no. Y yes, deep in that crack there. Oh, sure wish I had a microscope. Well, here's my pocket magnifying glass. It's better than nothing. Let's see if we can discern anything. Well, that's interesting. You embarrassed me terribly tonight, Lawrence. The way you behaved was abominable. Me? All I did was grab the bull by the horns. Odd things are happening here. Too odd to just shrug off. 
Gleason, Jacobs, and Peters, of all people, should have agreed with me. How can they consider themselves astronomers when they refuse to address the evidence right before their eyes? What evidence? A couple of odd rumbles? They could have been caused by anything. When I said I thought someone here could be an alien, I meant it in jest. I'm very sorry I mentioned it now. You've turned into a positive pest. Uh, Alice, how dare you? I believe that you understood my passion, my, my work towards my ultimate goal, contacting other life forms. You have just proved that I was wrong. Just as bad as the others. Oh, Lawrence, I understand your passion. I just don't understand your need to mow down everyone in your path. I do think you're right that there is life on other planets. And I do agree that what's been happening tonight is odd. Do the two go together? Most likely not. It would just be too fantastic. But you won't admit that. You can only see what you want to see. It's going to ruin you. I don't want to see that happen. Good night. Well, well where are you going? For a walk. I need to clear my head, and I can't do that in your presence. Too fantastic of a coincidence? That's exactly why I have to be right. I bet there's something in this book of ancient visitations that will bear me out. Smith will miss it, and I need it. Let's see. Ah, now, here's something. An eyewitness account from the handmaid of a Mesopotamian princess. She mentions an odd rumble, just like we've experienced. And, uh, and here. Mention of a meteorite, much like the one Smith found. Ah, I knew it! I knew I was right! There's an oddest depiction from another eyewitness account of an actual alien, and this... this picture... this, this picture just ju looks... it's just like... No. It can't be. It looks just like Atlas. It's Betty. May I join you? Of course. Couldn't sleep? No. Too many things to ponder. That's Mr. Smith's meteorite. Yeah, I couldn't sleep either, so I thought I'd amuse myself. This chunk is more than amusing, though. It's positively fascinating. Paul and I were just taking a look at that sliver of yellow in this crack. We can't see it very well, though. All we have is this magnifying glass. May I take a look? My eyesight is quite good. Sure, here. Uh, can you see the yellow? Affirmative. Hmm. The yellow doesn't seem to be of an organic composition. It looks more like a paint of some kind. That was Mrs. Jeffers. We'd better go see what's wrong. Sounds like she's outside. Let's go. What is the trouble, Mrs. Jeffers? I saw it! I saw it with my own eyes! It was right here behind the lodge! I didn't believe it. 
happened at first. I thought one of you must have been playing a prank, so I came out to see for myself. What did you see, Mrs. Jeffers? The alien! It really is one! I, um, I, I came downstairs for a glass of water. I just happened to look out the kitchen window and I saw a figure dressed in bright yellow run into that grove of trees back there. It was really tall and thin. Then there was a glow the color of a gas jet. My first thought was, it must be a practical joke cooked up by you three. I decided to creep up on you and give you a taste of your own medicine, so I tiptoed out the front door. There was nothing there, so I sneaked around in here. Nobody was here. It wasn't possible that any of you slipped away. I would have seen someone coming in the house, or at least heard them. But the only sounds outside were oceans, waves, and rainwater dripping off the house. That is odd, but I assure you it was not any of the three of us. We've been in our rooms since after dinner. It could have been a neighbor checking for damage. No, not a neighbor. I'm the only one living in this area year-round. And it wasn't me, either. I was already in bed. Sorry if I startled you. I came out from the... from the kitchen. You really are good at sneaking up on people. If not a neighbor, then maybe it was someone who got stopped by the rain damage and was looking for help. What I saw was no human. I'm sure of that. Why are you so sure? I'll show you. Right over here. See? They're not as bright now, but they're still plain as day. Glowing footprints. And they're far too long and thin to have been made by a human. Or a bear. Or a mountain lion. Their footprints wouldn't glow anyway. Where do they go? Into the woods. There. Do we risk tracking them? Heck yes. (laughs) There's safety in numbers. Everyone stick close. I'll lead. Uh, I've got a flashlight. What's going on out here? I may have discovered your proof. What? Where? Jeffers, do us all a favor. Don't talk. Just come. We'll explain later. The footprints seem to have stopped. Yes, they have. And for no apparent reason. Uh, The trail they took leads farther into the woods. There's no evidence of whoever it was going off the trail here. And only one set of footprints behind us suggests they did not turn around. You see? My husband was right all along. There is an alien among us! These prints are an oddity, to be sure, but that doesn't mean an alien made them. It could have been a heron. One who caught a fish in the ocean and brought it up here to eat it. That's happened before. Last time I heard, herons did not have glow-in-the-dark feet. No, but there is a type of seaweed that becomes bioluminescent in certain situations. The storm could have triggered that. And the heron could have walked in the seaweed and tracked it up here. It is the most plausible conclusion. It is if you're an alien trying to explain away your existence. Alien or aliens... Maybe you three aren't scientists. Not Earth scientists, anyway. If these are the track of an extraterrestrial, it is equally possible that you are trying to misdirect us, Dr. Jeffers. Or maybe, maybe your wife is. Maybe the others are right. Maybe you made up the whole story, Mrs. Jeffers, and you really are the very thing you accuse everyone else of being. What? 
are you? I never, ever in my whole life How ever... How dare you? How dare you? There, there, there's absolutely no chance my wife is anything but human. I'm sure of that. Now, you, you have no proof to the contrary, and you couldn't possibly find any because there is none. No, nor for me, for that matter. I repeat... Everyone stop. This is getting completely out of hand. There is a simple earthbound explanation for this. There has to be. I'm inclined to believe the heron theory. How about you, Steve? It does make the most sense. Say it was an alien. Where did it go? By your own account, Mrs. Jeffers, you didn't see or hear anyone out here. Neither have we. On the other hand, I've heard at least two owls while we've been standing here, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the silhouette of a heron over on the edge of the road. Uh, I don't agree. Not in the least bit. This is all the makings of a... Of a... <coughs> Lawrence! Not one more word! I can't take any more! I'm sorry I ever made that comment about aliens. Please accept my apologies, Mr. Smith. Oh, it's all right. We're all on edge. Please, let me make you all a cup of hot milk or, or cocoa. I should have enough for everyone. Thank you, Mr. Smith. I'll take you up on that. You're one of the nicest people I've ever met, and the most patient. Uh, Betty, go on in with Mrs. Jeffers and Mr. Smith. Paul and I'll take one more look around, just to be on the safe side. Very well. Uh, Jeffers, why don't you take the flashlight and do your own examination of this area? I think you'll quickly come to our conclusion. Thank you. I will take a look. As for conclusions, we'll see. You look concerned, Steve. Uh, what's the matter? Afraid Jeffers is right? How well do you know Dr. Betty Peters? Not very. She's only been an employee of Engstrom a short time. I was surprised she's on this trip, actually. I don't remember seeing her name on the roster. Don't tell me Jeffers' mania is contagious. No. I don't know. Something's not right with her. For one thing, she's fully dressed. We all retired for the night a couple of hours ago. So? Maybe she was reading or making notes, and she likes to wait until just before going to sleep to change. I definitely don't know about her bedtime routine. Her shoes are muddy, with fresh mud. I detected a wet smell when she came into our room, but I didn't think much about it. Then I noticed her shoes as we headed outside. The mud on our shoes was dry. Maybe she took a walk. She said she was restless. Oh. But then Mrs. Jeffers would have seen her. Exactly. Oh, no. But she couldn't. We would certainly have noticed. Would we? Or is identity hiding something an alien is good at? I know I'd want to be good at it if I was going to another planet. Well, yes, but... <sighs> the possibility of an actual alien in our midst is real, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I didn't want to admit it to the others. Those aren't heron tracks. And bioluminescence is blue, not green. What do we do? Do? <laughs> I don't think there's anything we can do. We could destroy our careers if we claim there's an alien on Earth and it turns out there isn't. 
If there is one here, we don't want to run the risk of making it mad. Oh, a sobering observation. I agree. Silence is the best action. However, I will also keep an eye out for abnormalities. Yeah, so will I. Especially in the case of Dr. Peters. We're still supposed to spend the next two days with her. If we get out of here in time, that is. We will. Not only has the rain stopped, but the sky has cleared. I think we will get the word that the roads are reopened very soon. I hope so. Let's get back inside. Did you find anything? Nothing new. Does anyone happen to have a camera? We should get photos of those footprints just in case. Why, yeah, no. Don't, don't Sorry. I should have one in the reception desk. I'll go get it. Hello? Yes, this is Frank Smith. Yes. Oh, oh, that's good news. Thank you for letting me know. The phone's working again, huh? Another coincidence. Or is it? Did Paul know it was going to ring? Is it possible I only think I know what transpired in the past few hours? What was that? Nothing. Just pondering out loud. Hey, uh, Betty... Where were you before you joined Paul and me in our room? Where was I? I was in my room, of course. Where else would I be? I don't know. But it wasn't your room. There's fresh mud on your shoes. I noticed it when you came in. Oh. I wanted to see how the storm was affecting the ocean. So I went out for a minute to take a look. I was glad I did. The waves are over 15 feet high. I'm sure they are. Mrs. Jeffers said she didn't see or hear anyone when she went out, and in a place like this she would have. Did uh, you see her? No. No, I did not. I didn't see anything but the ocean. Do you think she was lying about seeing something and instead created it herself? I don't know what to think anymore. For all I know, you're lying. Me? How about you? You lied about the meteorite you were examining in your room. It was not the one that belongs to Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith's has a different shape. Where did the second one come from? I'm afraid the camera has disappeared. I don't know where it could have gone. I know I saw it the last day of the season. Another convenience? Convenience? Uh, never mind. Did I just hear the phone ring? Yes. I just received a call from the Department of Public Works. The road has been opened again in both directions. The storm has headed east, so it should be safe to complete the journey to your symposium. That is fantastic news. Alice, go pack your things at once. We can finish the night in San Jose. I would like nothing better. You are all still going to the symposium as well, aren't you? I'm more anxious than ever to get to the symposium now. What a topic we have to offer. Yes, we are. Dr. Jeffers, it would be best if the events of this evening were kept to the confines of this group. What? But, 
but this could be a discovery of monumental proportions. I inspected those footprints, and I am absolutely convinced they are not heron tracks. Therefore, what I conclude is that... Is hearsay. We have no proof of anything. We can't even take photos. If you share this story with anyone, you'll be the laughingstock of the entire astronomy community. You'd ruin your career. And ours. You're just saying that because you know one of you three is an alien. Why else would you want to hide this information? Or perhaps you wish to share it because you are the alien. Or your wife is. Oh, you take that back. Maybe it's you, Mr. Smith. After all, everything happened right here. Maybe you wanted to show us mere humans an example of your powers. That's enough, Jeffers. One more word out of you and I'll deck you. Perhaps he is right. And perhaps Mr. Smith is not alone in his undertakings, Dr. Jacobs. I'm still waiting for an explanation about your second meteorite. Very curious how it so closely resembles Mr. Smith's, yet you acted as if you'd never seen one like it before. Who are you really, and what do you want here? Oh, now wait a minute. You and Paul both have things you need to confess to. I've seen. I've seen it all. It's very possible either of you, or both, are... I would like you all to leave. Now. I will not tolerate this, this, this barbarism in my lodge any longer. You claim you are all scientists, searchers of life not yet known to us, and yet you're unwilling to accept the possibility of one actually being here. I hope that, I hope that if there is an alien in our midst, that he or she returns to their home planet immediately and tells their people never to go to Earth again, to find a planet that will welcome them and be open to exchanging ideas and information. That is how the universe should be. Now leave, and never, ever come back. Oh my goodness! Will mankind ever be willing to trade fear for acceptance? I wonder. Duck, 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 alien? Who do you think the alien might be? Or is it none of them? My money's on Dr. Jeffers, nasty sort. Speaking of nasty, I know a juicy story about... Oh, oh, but I'll save that for next time. This is Mr. Stygian wishing you a good night and pleasant dreams, if you can. <laughs> Thank you for listening to One of Us is Not Like the Others, another thrilling episode from the Q Footsteps Audio Workshop, brought to you by Maison de Valour. Maison de Valour, American wines with the exquisite taste of a Parisian adventure. Treat your guests to a European getaway while staying at home with Maison de Valour. Tonight's cast included Lauren Baumbauer, Val Coons, Max Levine, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons. Sound patterns by Val Coons. This has been a Q Footsteps production. 
Only aliens drink Maison de Valor. And a happy William Daniels to you all. <laughs> Michael? Michael, why are we driving in the desert for the umpteenth time? What in God's green earth would... Yes, but it worked. <laughs>